As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. The Athletic. Straight out of Cobham, the Thursday show. This is the Chelsea podcast from The Athletic. And on this episode, more Chelsea shootout celebrations as Blues best villa. We look ahead to the massive matchup with the men from Manchester this weekend, round up the rest of the Chelsea news, and plenty more besides. Available for free wherever you get your podcasts and ad free on The Athletic for the 100th time. This is Straight Out of Cobham. Right, listener, we've reached a century of episodes on Straight Out of Cobham. Whether you've been here since day one or you're just discovering the show, thanks for listening. I'm Matt. I'm joined today by Sam Parkin. Good morning, Matt. And the Athletics Chelsea correspondent slash London correspondent slash football correspondent slash senior writer Dominic Fifield. Hi, Dominic. <laughs> morning, Matt. Thank you for that. That's the best <laughs> I've ever been titled before. <laughs> Many hats, all metaphorical. Um, yeah. We'll look ahead to the crunch game with Manchester City this weekend later. First, though, Aston Villa came back to the bridge for the second time this month on Wednesday night. We'll talk through the League Cup third round tie next. Reese James takes a run up. It's into the top corner, and Chelsea are through to the next round of the Carabao Cup. Second half, we got stronger and stronger, but uh, it was a tough opponent, so it was a nice cup game. Uh, I think uh, nice to watch for for spectators in the stadium, with with a good end for us, and it feels very good because we needed uh, to fight hard for it. Chelsea through to round four of the Carabao Cup then. They drew one all with Aston Villa, which meant the tie went straight to penalties. Chelsea prevailing there 4-3 after Ashley Young hit the bar and Kepper made a marvellous save from the camber. Uh, that meant Ben Chilwell's miss didn't matter. Rhys James blasted in the winning spot kick and set up a fourth round date with Southampton at the bridge. Uh, Dom, you and I were both there. Thomas Tuchel called it a nice cup game. That's uh, quite a reasonable (laughs) assessment, I thought. It's nice if you win it, I guess, however you do. Um, Yeah, I I thought so. I I thought it was thoroughly enjoyable, to be honest. A bit of a a more dour first half. Um, A good chance for young Archer, for for Villa, maybe to put them ahead. And they they arguably were the better team, more coherent team first half. But I thought Chelsea Chelsea grew into it and second half was was proper end-to-end stuff, really... Really good fun. Um, it's a perfect, almost 
perfect game for for Tuchel in as much as he's given a lot of his fringe players some time. Not all of them have seized their opportunity to impress him, but some did. Uh, it was nice to see, you know, Kepa looks more confident now, looks as if he's he's got a bit more presence about him and that, that, that belief is there. The same could be said, arguably, towards the end for, for Timo Werner until the little calf knock in the latter stages. But the standout for me was Ruben Loftus-Cheek playing as a, a sort of deep-lying midfielder in the pivot role. And I, I thought he was... I thought he was outstanding again. I thought he showed, he went back to some of the sort of Rolls-Royce form that we, we, we know he's capable of, um, well, certainly pre-Achilles injury. And it was it was just really nice to see him doing that in a Chelsea shirt and actually demonstrating the class and pedigree that we know is there. And I just, I just hope that's opened Tuchel's eyes to, to you know, his potential and, and maybe shoved him up the order a bit in terms of uh, with the pecking order for midfield. Yeah, those those quotes from Thomas Tuchel a couple of months ago about him reminding, Loftus-Cheek reminding Tuchel of, of Michael Ballack maybe gave a sense that there was something there that he liked. Do you think that that's his best position, Sam, in, in central midfield rather than in one of the three attacking positions? Yeah, probably in the, in this shape. Um, I'd still probably prefer to see him, you know, in a 4-3-3 as one of the attacking players in, 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 in that setup, but the way it is at the moment, maybe just to take away the the added pressure of having to create and and score goals um, is maybe not a necessity when you're playing as a six. Well, it's not a necessity. Um, and I'm sure he'd still be able to chip in. And I don't think he's the greatest finisher in the world. And maybe that's affected his confidence um, during various loan spells. I saw him play so many times for, for Crystal Palace where he was so trustworthy on the ball so secure in tight spaces and we saw that again tonight is uh, last night his ability to wriggle past people start attacks um i thought it was a brilliant display and uh, considering how underwhelming sal's been in the, the the two performances he's had thus far um it's a nice problem for the manager to have but yeah he he was brilliant i felt as well the one or two mistakes he did make was probably without the ball and his positioning will only get better uh, when he gets more opportunities in that role. But with the ball, he was sensational. We'll talk about a, a couple more individuals as we go on. But but Dom, other than winning the game is obviously the most important thing. But but what it does do is give this group another another match, another set of minutes to play. And you think about Man United going out last night and, and the size of their squad and the players who now presumably won't play that much. That's got to be important for... Kind of squad morale and harmony as much as anything else. Absolutely right. Absolutely right. That that will be, I mean, that will be playing on Oli Garnasilsiar's mind post defeat to, to West Ham United. How do I keep these squad players happy? And and Chelsea now have a nice option. They've got a, a home tie with Southampton to come, plus Champions League group games. Um, and I'm sure some of these guys will be involved in those matches again, particularly as the group progresses. And I expect Chelsea to stamp their authority over that section. Um, so yeah, it's it's when you've got a squad this big, this deep. I mean, people like Ross Barkley, you know, an England international coming off the bench, and actually he did quite well when he came on. I thought he he was busy against his the club they spent last season on loan at. Um, when you've got that opportunity to offer these guys a bit of a carrot, they 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 will rise to the challenge. Fingers crossed. That's that's it's open to them. They have to they have to go and seize these chances when they come along um, intermittently and and. Loftus Cheek did that last night. Hopefully, he he gets uh, more involvement at some point, maybe in the Premier League in future. So there were ten changes overall. Sam Kepper was the only player who stayed in 
from the Spurs game. Reese James was excellent, I thought. Ben Chilwell did okay, but you kind of have them down as first-team players anyway. Was was there anybody else who made a case Premier League-wise to get a bit more game time, maybe Trevor Chaloba? Yeah, yeah. I mean the the, the guys you mentioned and and Chalaba. I thought I thought Saar was um, obviously not as easy on the eye, I suppose, as Chalaba and Reese James. But that's understandable. I thought those two two were excellent. I thought Reese James was imperious from the the first minute. Really, um, again with with and without the ball uh, defensively, he made some great challenges and obviously supplied the the ammunition for, for Werner's goal. But yeah, I thought Chaloba was, was excellent. And I suppose it was some of the more experienced players who underwhelmed. Uh, Ziyech's touch looked a little bit off in his defence in a slightly unfamiliar role. Uh, and obviously Saul is, is still getting up to speed. I think that's going to take a little bit of time. It looks to be, yeah, it looks to be the intensity of the game still for, for, for me. Um, just needs to get a little bit fitter, a bit sharper, and even in a, a slightly more advanced role, he didn't really contribute a great deal last night. So that was a disappointment, but we have to you know, trust that he'll get better in time. What about Timo Werner then, Dom? He was the subject of your post-match piece for The Athletic. Um, the, the Chelsea supporters certainly back him. He maybe didn't get enough service from Hudson-Odoi and Ziyech when they were on, but, but looked more threatening in the, in the brief cameo that Lukaku made when they were paired together. Would that be fair? Yeah, I guess so. I, I, I don't know. I, I, I didn't learn anything new about Timo Werner last night, particularly. I don't think he, he, he did. He made the same type of mistakes that he has been making for Chelsea in terms of, I think his, some of his decision making in the final third is still a bit um, erratic. Uh, he missed that very, very good chance, presentable chance, immediately after scoring the header. He just as you think he's on an upturn of form, and that that will have boosted his confidence sufficiently to. You know, to to take it into his next opportunity, he he put that poked that shot wide from, I think it was Ziyech's little pass, but but you, you simply you can't have a go at him for his for his work rate, his his willingness to run those channels, and 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 he he does stretch opponents, he he stretches them, and he creates space for other players, and I think this has been quite a big summer for for Werner. There've been a lot. Of, it's been a bit of a fresh start in recent times. He's he's changed his agents. He's I think he struggled badly with the fact that he had such a fringe role at, at, at the European Championships with Germany. He only started the one game against England, 39 minutes in the group stage or something. So I think that affected him, given that he'd arrived with Joachim Lowe's um, squad as a Champions League winner, somebody who, who must have thought that he was going to get into that into that Germany team. And it's almost like he's drawn a line really since Lukaku's arrival um, he's he's now he's now playing regularly for Hansi Flick. He played all ninety minutes, uh, sorry, three three loads of ninety minutes for Flick in his first three games in charge of of Germany. Um, he's he's trying, endeavouring to show that he can work with Lukaku, and I think there is a a belief at Chelsea that that is a a viable option for them in games. And it, I'm just intrigued to see what happens at the weekend because he's this is a player that has has done it before against Manchester City, has discomforted Manchester City in the recent past under Tuchel. I think the, the three games that Chelsea won against him in the spring against City, he started all of them and played a major role in those in those performances. So is it something that Tuchel will consider from this from the start on Saturday lunchtime, maybe playing Werner off Lukaku in, in, in this split striker role that he seems to be favouring more and more in recent times? It's just a, a nice problem for Tuchel to have, particularly now that 
Werner is off the mark and he spied this sort of upturn in his confidence back at training at Cobham, which he's taken into a game now and finally broken his duck. What do you think Lukaku would rather, Sam? Would he would he rather have just Werner up there with him or A another, or would he rather have two players out wide at a mountain Havertz or whoever it might be? Um, I don't think he'd be too fast. To, to be honest, I think he could play in either system, no problem. Um, he's probably more used to playing, um, I was going to say, with two supporting players. But that said, it, he had a wonderful partnership, didn't he, at Inter with, with Martinez, I think, for the majority of his, his spell there. So he'll be he'll be comfortable whatever the manager does. I don't think you have a preference really in the modern game. It's lovely when you strike up an incredible rapport that he had last year. And, you know, during my playing days, it was always special when you had that rapport and you could work on something during the training sessions. But it's very different, I think, the modern game. And I completely agree with with Dom because you think back to how well Werner has done against Manchester City. Would that temptation be there? The counter argument is that it's been in a 3-4-3 with the two supporting players. So my gut tells me that Lukaku wins it hands down and and Werner may have to wait for another day. But he he did himself some good last night. I think even just to get the goal, yes, he should have scored again, but his work rate and his, um, his tenacity... Can't be questioned. And he and he gets in those scoring positions. I still hope it will turn for him. So Chelsea through then to round four. That tie against Southampton will be played in the last week of October. Uh, the Blues face a stern test of their unbeaten starts to the Premier League season on Saturday. We'll look ahead to the visit of Manchester City next. This episode is supported by season three of FX's Welcome to Wrexham. Celebrity owners Rob McElhenney and Ryan Reynolds' small-town Welsh football club has finally been promoted into League Two after 15 seasons in the National League. Dedicated staff and supporters celebrate the city's return to glory while bracing for the newfound challenges that come with being in a higher division. Will Wrexham AFC stand up to the challenges and rise again into League One? FX is welcome to Wrexham. Catch all new episodes Thursdays on FX. Stream on Hulu. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com courtside to learn more. And it's still evenly poised as Mount plays it through the middle to Havertz. Addison comes out. Havertz has beaten him. Havertz scores for Chelsea. Thomas Tuchel's side are in front. And it's Kai Havertz. Ah, it's always good to hear that, isn't it? Chelsea and Manchester City meet for the first time since that night in Porto back in May. On Saturday, it's Premier League points rather than European glory at stake. Don, what's the what's the team going to be for this game? Do you think I, I was thinking out of that team from from um, Wednesday night, maybe Reese James and maybe Chilwell have played themselves into the starting lineup? You know, I'd be surprised if Marcus Alonso drops out of the the team on the basis that his his last performance was was the was completely dominant at at Tottenham Hotspur. Um, the intriguing thing for me is, does he play the three midfielders? Does he play Mateo Kovacic 
you know, um, Jorginho anchoring and N'Golo Conte in a slightly advanced role. Um, that, that looked a sort of preconceived idea playing Conte for half a game um, against Aston Villa in the League Cup as if he's resting him for the for the weekend. And uh, it was almost telling, perhaps, that Mason Mount then comes on. It was a complete role reversal from, from Spurs at the weekend. But I, I just wonder whether that's the way he's going to go and he's going to be playing something more akin to a 3-5-2. And um, given how well that midfield functioned at Spurs, it's almost like the three of them, they're undroppable at the moment. They, they, they played so well in that game. And if, if, if Conte can offer you that, that burst of pace... Going forward, we know Kovacic is playing out of his skin as well at the moment, and Jorginho's probably in the best form of his Chelsea career. It feels as if if Chelsea can dominate that midfield with those three, then they probably get a foothold in the game and and a better ch- platform from which to to beat City. Do you think that's what he'll he'll do, Sam? And, and do you think that the tactical approach to this game from Chelsea is about what they do, or is it about the, the quality of the opponent? Because you know it's it's much higher than it was, say, against Spurs last week. It's about getting the the tactical setup right, which he he has done uh, on three occasions last year. I, I felt, you know, the Champions League final they sat off City a little bit, um, allowed them to have the ball, and then obviously had the ability to to play through them at times and down the side of them with 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 Werner with Werner's pace. So I think that's the first thing is how he sets up. On the, on the training ground on Friday going into this game, does he do what Southampton did, which is kind of go man for man high on the pitch, which caused Manchester City so many problems. And that's a, it's a really aggressive uh, approach on the front foot. Or does he uh, accept that Manchester City are probably going to have the majority of the ball and, and hope that they can counter with great success? I suppose in the, the system that Dom's talking about, you've got one role really for four or five players to fight over because Lukaku's a shoo-in. And then there's one supporting role, if you like, which uh, any one of Havertz, Ziyech, Mount at a push, and of course, Werner can play. So I'd probably think he'd go for Havertz if that's the way that they that they want to go about it. So he can he can drop in into little pockets of space, which him and Mount did brilliantly in the Champions League final. So there's a number of ways to go. I would imagine it would be the tried and tested um, shape. I could be wrong, but I'd imagine Lukaku goes in and, and he'll have two players supporting him, um, which could you know change during the 90 minutes if Manchester City have got a, a good foothold. But it's not, I don't know, it doesn't feel like the worst time to play them off the back of this draw with Southampton with a problem at centre-half and also with a problem in front of goal. Yes, they've started the season brilliantly, but I think there's a few issues that Pep Guardiola is wrestling with at the moment. It's probably worth Chelsea looking to go and win the game rather than to try and contain City Dom, isn't it? Because there'd be a six point gap between them if they did pick up the victory on Saturday. And even, you know, at the end of September, that feels fairly significant. Yeah. yeah look, I mean it's in Tuchel's mentality to do that anyway. I, I don't think he'd I, I don't think he'd take much satisfaction from a draw uh, unless of course they're salvaging it late or something. But I mean we have to be slightly Cautious because remember what Manchester City were going through this time last year. They were pretty much lower mid table at this point, and they ended up winning the league at a canter. So it's it's dangerous to to write them off. But I I completely agree with Sam. That it is a, it is a good time to be playing them. I mean the in- issues at centre half in particular are a major problem. And and if it, if that means that Nathan Ake is is playing there, I mean 
with the greatest respect to, to Nathan, I think Chelsea will consider that a, a vulnerability that they can exploit, particularly Romelu Lukaku, who's rampaging through at him. Um, so it's it's timely, and the momentum is all with Chelsea. So they have to seize this opportunity to yeah to to open up that little gap. Feels a long time ago, Sam, that City won three one at Stamford Bridge in January and absolutely tore Chelsea apart that day. Chelsea obviously a different prospect now. What about City though? Is it as simple enough as to say that Thomas Tuchel kind of spooked Pep last season by beating him in the FA Cup semi-final at the Etihad and in the Champions League final? Do you think City are a better team now than they were in that game back in January? Um, Probably not at the moment. Um, I mean, that was an unbelievable display on that day. They were were phenomenal. I don't know. It's going to be a. It'll be a similar shape, I would imagine, that Manchester City go with a similar setup. We know that the the, the fullbacks like to. Well, certainly one of the fullbacks likes to kind of come into midfield, which causes its own problems. But I just think back to those games, and not only were Chelsea dominant without the ball. I remember the centre halves were so bold in stepping out of their positions. Rudiger, I've got you know, I can see him now almost, you know, pressing up to the halfway line into those little pockets where Bernardo Silva and, and and players of that ilk kind of cause other teams so damage. So I thought they were really aggressive, but the thing that's impressed me was the way they were able to control the football as well, Chelsea, in in those displays, especially the game at Wembley. I've not seen a team do that to Manchester City. So I think psychologically Chelsea will go into it um, you know, in in more buoyant mood than than Manchester City, given the last few performances, that has to be the way. And, and for me, it's a bit old fashioned, but they're playing without a striker, and you know, plenty of balls were going in the box against Southampton, and there's not someone there. So, yes, they can say over and over that it's not a huge issue because there has been some stellar performances with a false nine, if if you want to go down that route. But you know, they're really missing. A talismanic centre forward, clearly, and uh, Chelsea have one, and they didn't necessarily have that last year. So I think psychologically, Chelsea would be in a great place, but we have to be wary, of course, because we've been burnt many times before. Chelsea would be pleased that City don't have Sergio Aguero anymore. That's for certain because he used to score against Chelsea pretty much every game, uh, <laughs> save for that rubbish penalty he took at the Etihad last season. Uh, who's going to win then, Dom? Do you think? I think Chelsea will win it. I think I think they'll they'll send a real statement out. It's a difficult time for City at the moment. They've got a they've got Liverpool the following week as well, um, and a Champions League fixture in between. So it's 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 not easy for for them, and it's not a good time for them to be stretched defensively. So, given the momentum that's behind Chelsea at the moment, I can see them squeezing home. Do you agree, Sam? I do. Yeah, I, th- I think if they had Stones and Laporte fit, um, you know, maybe looking at a. A really tight game. I just think the, the way that Leipzig exposed them on, on a few occasions, the joy that Southampton had in their display, they don't look completely happy, the, the rear guard. So I think it'll be really tight, but I, I, I fancy Chelsea to win narrowly. Well, we'll have all the fallout to Saturday's match in our Monday pod. 
Elsewhere in Chelsea news, the women's team back in action this weekend. They travel north to take on Manchester United on Sunday. Uh, amongst the highlights from the midweek internationals involving Chelsea players, Millie Bright got her first England goals, got two of them in the 10-0 thrashing of Luxembourg. Bethany England also scored in that. Erin uh, Cuthbert got a beauty for Scotland. They put seven past the Faroe Islands. And Sam Kerwin, her 100th cap for Australia, they lost a friendly against the Republic of Ireland. Uh, meanwhile, the men's under-23s will look to shake off last week's drubbing by by Arsenal when they take on Liverpool at King's Meadow on Friday night. The under-18s go to Leicester on Saturday lunchtime. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 US-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Right, we're on the home stretch now, but you knew there'd be a quiz, listener. Uh, as it's our 100th show, all the questions are based around centuries in some form or fashion. Three each for the chaps, absolutely no prize for the winner. Uh, Dom, you're going first. Uh, it, some of these questions I think are easy. Some of them, uh, you know, uh, they're not and you're not going to get them. So just make a piece of that. Um, <laughs> this, this first one I think you can get. Tony Rudiger made his 100th Premier League start for Chelsea against Aston Villa earlier this month. His first ended in defeat back in 2017. Who beat Chelsea that day? Did he did he make his debut in the in the disastrous 3-0 loss at Oh no, hold on, wait a minute. No, that was the summer. Classic no, buying of time after. here. Yeah, no, I'm gonna have to <laughs> Um, blimey, his, his first ended in 2017. So that yeah. would be under Antonio Conte. Mm. Um, Going to have to rush Oh, well, first, day of the, first day of the season was Burnley. So Burnley, 3-2. Hey, it was. That's right, yeah. Jeremy Boga's short-lived Chelsea debut and all that. Is that right? Good. Well, yeah, 1-0 to Dom. Uh, OK, Sam, here's yours. Jorginho made his 100th Premier League appearance for Chelsea against Aston Villa earlier this month. Against which current championship side did he score a penalty on his debut back in 2018? Giving you a little clue there in that it's a championship side. Was it... Was it Derby County? No. Am I allowed to steal? You can. Oh, I don't know the answer, though. But... <laughs> Bournemouth? <laughs> No, it was Huddersfield. Oh, Sarri's wow. first game. Uh, Kepa's debut as well, as I remember. Good times. Okay, so it's 1-0 <laughs> to Dom. Uh, right, Dom, this is your tricky one. Oh, great. Uh, according to my good friends at Wikipedia, 10 players have scored 100 goals plus for Chelsea. I'm going to get my timer out now. You've got 30 seconds oh, to what? name as many of those <laughs> 10 players that you can. You need to get a minimum of five 
to get a point and your 30 seconds start now. Um, all right. Bobby Tampling. Bobby Tampling. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Didier, Didier Drogba. Um, yeah. 10 seconds gone. Goals. Uh, Peter Osgood, Jimmy Greaves. Kerry yes, Dixon yes. must have done it. Yes. Um, You've got the Frank Lampard, obviously. Glory now. Frank Lampard, Lampard yes. Um, did Eden Hazard get 100? He did. This did is he... incredible. Oh. Three seconds, one more. Can you do it? Well, there's more than one. Um, All right, that'll do. Seven, your time's up. Radamel Incredible Falcao. stuff. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> Close. Uh, three more. Sam, if you can get any of the three, I'll give you the money myself. No, I don't think I've got any of them. Um, what era? Way before our era. Way before <laughs> us. Um, <laughs> I'm glad you count me as being in your era. <laughs> well, these, no, I've got these, nothing. These three I've had to write their first names because I've oh, um, Roy Bentley, I feel like I've oh. heard of him. Yeah. <laughs> uh, George Mills. No, Millsy to his friends. Uh, and George Hillsden. Wow. Congratulations. Very good, Dom. Yeah, well done, Dom. Uh, I'm not confident. I couldn't even do that for uh, Palace, but we haven't got 10. <laughs> uh, Sam, I'm afraid you're probably not going to get this one right either. Uh, it, it's very obscure. It's along the line of one that I gave Simon last week. Edin Hazard scored his 100th Chelsea goal at Watford on Boxing Day 2018. He scored it against Ben Foster. The obvious question, therefore... How many subscribers has Foster got oh, to his YouTube channel? Uh, you need to be within 50,000 to get the point. So there's a How many there. subscribers to his YouTube, YouTube channel? YouTube channel, yeah. I've got no idea. Um, <laughs> That's just... Uh, 800,000. Oh, he gets the point. It's 796,000. Wow. That is incredible. Get in there. <laughs> 2-1 and it's back on. Fair play. Oh, I didn't think it would be good enough to have a million. That was my thought process. <laughs> I was questioning a lot of my fellow countrymen and women. <laughs> uh, well, that's added some tension, but Dom, this for the win. Oh dear. Chelsea's centenary season was in 2005-06. They celebrated by winning the Premier League. I want to know how many points ahead of second place Manchester United did they finish? They got something like 95 points, didn't they? So... Uh, 14 Sam would you like to have a bit of guess I've got scribbled 14 down so I'll go what year sorry 05 06 05 06 I'll go 15 it was uh, fewer than that I'm afraid it was 8 lost the last two games beat United 3-0 at Stamford Bridge to wrap up the title then lost 1-0 in the last two right so this Sam if you get this right it'll be a draw and we might as well not have bothered Um, (laughs) but here we go anyway I think a few people might be saying that already (laughs) (laughs) how many Instagram followers does Isaac Johnson have (laughs) this one this one's pretty easy to be fair uh, like Dom, your final question relates to that centenary season of 05-06. Jose Mourinho was, of course, the Chelsea manager in those days. But who was Chelsea's opposition scout? Oh, I think I know that one. No, I don't. Do I? What? There's a, you know, I'm not just asking you for a random bloke. There's obviously some kind of link there, isn't there? It must be. Opposition scout in 2005. Yeah. Oh. You've got to join some dots from around that time and a little bit later. Uh, Villas Boas. Very good. Very good is correct. <laughs> Bravo. Well done. 
Uh, Very good. I mean, I quite like the idea of, of sharing the glory, so I'm not going to give you a time yeah, no, question. Yeah, absolutely right. We don't need another question. <laughs> I'm going to lie down for a week now. <laughs> yeah, we can, because that's just going to wrap things up for uh, our 100th episode spectacular. Dom, you've been writing about Timo Werner. Will you be covering the, the Man City game for The Athletic as well? I, I, actually, I won't be. I'm, I'm writing in, in the build-up, uh, just asking the question of, of the, the makeup of Chelsea's midfield in particular and who, who plays in there. Uh, so that that piece will be live on on Friday, uh, and then I'm off to Turin next week. I'm looking forward to seeing them play at Juve. Lovely stuff. Already looking forward to the voice note from inside. Oh. What's it called these days? The J Stadium, the Juventus Stadium. <laughs> I'm calling it. I'm calling it the Delhi Alpi, whatever they say. Yeah, better, isn't it? Yeah. Um, Sam, where in the wide world of football are you going to be this weekend? Uh, I'm uh, on the Football League show Saturday night. So um, watch the Chelsea game live. Uh, tune in for me on the Football League highlights and record match of the day if it uh, goes the way that me and Don predict. <laughs> Let's hope <laughs> there so. There you go. We'll have all the fallout to Manchester City on Monday. We'll be looking ahead to the small matter of a game against Juventus as well. Really is the busy time of the season. Athletic.com slash Chelsea Pod is the place to go to sign up if you're not currently a subscriber. Uh, from all of us here though, Lucy, Dom, Sam and myself, we'll catch up with you again on Monday. It's bye for now. The Athletic.